Well, hello there. Welcome to this week's program, which opened up with uh, Willie the Lion Smith and conversation on Park Avenue. Then uh, John Kirby Sextet gave us a B-flat special. This is the old cadger, sundowning on my own terms since 1953. Welcome to the show. All discs featured on this program spin at 78 revolutions per minute. Now, if that makes you dizzy because you're a limp-wristed pipsqueak who prefers records that rotate at 33 and a third or 45 RPM, why don't you change the station now and retire to your fainting couch? I want to thank my trusted playlist and comments board administrator, Lola Bell Pancake, who is hard at work interacting with the public on something called the Internet. I don't mess with it. Lola Bell has to deal with all the riffraff, so I don't have to. <laughs> I'm a practitioner of the fine art of don't give a damn. There was a time when I gave a damn. I recall it vividly. Three whole days in 1947. Then I came to my senses, and I haven't been plagued by a moment of self-doubt or caring ever since. Well, we got a lot of great music to play on tonight's program, so let's move right along to Fats Waller on the Old Codger program on WFMU.
We were just listening to some more fine music on the old country show. We had our fat water there. Which I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter. Jenna, little Johnson, I'll take you to the cleaners, she sang. James Moody gave us the Fuller Bop Man. And Art Blakey's Messengers, our early recording by Art Blakey. The Thin Man, it was called. This is the old codger on WFMU, here every week, spinning 7 RPM records exclusively on the radio. Uh, you know, one of the songs I just played is called the Fuller Bop Band. Now, that's something you used to see back in the 1940s in many neighborhoods. See, bebop music was not very uh, popular at first, and the musicians and the record companies they organized a campaign to popularize it. They went to the Fuller Brush Company and recruited many of their street salesmen. Uh, these were guys who carried around suitcases full of brushes made by the Fuller Company, and they would sell them by knocking on doors in the neighborhood and uh, convincing busy housewives that they needed to buy a brush. This was a very successful business model back then. Try it sometime. Go knock on a neighbor's door and ask them if they want to buy a brush. Untold riches await. It's a foolproof racket. Anyway, in the 1940s, the bebop record labels and the musicians convinced the Fuller Brush Men to become Fuller Bop Men. And they would go around from door to door selling Bud Powell and Lucky Thompson 78s. Well, the campaign was an absolute failure at first, and uh, many Fuller Bop salesmen were chased away by homeowners wielding pitchforks. Then the Fuller Bop Brigade hit on the idea of giving away free muggles with each 78 RPM disc purchase. Now, muggles were uh, muggles were hand rolled cigarettes containing a hemp. Derivative. 
<laughs> That's when the Fuller Bop campaign achieved tremendous success, especially among suburban housewives. Anyway, the, the Fuller Bop folks came to my East Orange bunker many times, and I never brushed them off. I always bought the latest Bebop releases that they were uh, carrying in their suitcases. Sometimes I would invite them in to play the discs for me. At the time, I was working part-time selling Eureka vacuum cleaners door-to-door. So while the Fuller Bop men were in my bunker, I'd sell them vacuum cleaners, <laughs> or we'd swap. I'd get a stack of Dizzy Gillespie and Fats Navarro 78s, and they'd walk out with the Eureka upright. Well, so we're going to go back to the music right now, uh, here on the Old Codger Show, and we're going to start out not with Bebop, but it's Cole Porter singing one of his own songs.
a funny song with crazy words that just roll along and if my song can start you laughing i'm happy what care i who makes the laws of a nation let those who will take care of its rights and wrongs what care i who cares for the world's affairs as long as i can sing its popular songs let me sing a funny song with crazy words that roll along and if my song can start you laughing i'm happy happy let me sing a sad refrain of broken hearts that loved in vain and if my song can start you crying i'm happy let me croon a low down blues to lift you out of your seat and if my song can reach your shoes and start you tapping your Let me sing of Dixie's charms, of cotton fields and Mammy's arms, and if my song can make you homesick, I'm happy. Oh, let me sing a funny little old song with crazy old words that just roll along, and if my song can start you laughing, I'm happy. I'm so happy. Oh, let me sing a sad refrain of broken hearts that loved in vain. And if my song can start you crying, I'm ha 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 happy. Oh, let me croon a low down blues to lift you right out of your seat. And if my Another set of fine music there. Started out with Cole Porter and Live and Let Live. Then uh, Frankie Newton and his Cafe Society Orchestra gave us Tabs Blues. Ruth Berman, her harp, and her orchestra with the Boogie Woogie Rhapsody. And uh, Ruth Edding did Let Me Sing, and I'm Happy. This is your Codger on WFMU playing 70 RPM Records. You know, I remember two weeks ago, I told you that the fine folks at uh, Del Barton Industries. We're going to introduce a new genetic testing service. All the kids are doing it nowadays. They they spit into a cup to find out if they're related to royalty. But they're usually disappointed to discover that they're descended from baboons. As, as if their lack of intelligence and bad taste in music weren't dead giveaways. Well, somewhere between apes and aristocracy is a more intriguing gene pool. Well, here's Gus Bodenheim. Tell us about the new product that's soon to hit the market from Del Barton Labs. Back in my day, sending one's bodily fluids to others through the U.S. Postal Service was seen as a mere prank. At best, a hobby with few advocates. Today, it seems everyone and his uncle is avidly sending vile vials to sundry, well-promoted services in order to discover what their DNA tells them about their ancestry. Is there some distant billionaire cousin with a pending legacy from which one might glom a handsome ransom? Does the dim past conceal a connection to any legendary hero or scientific genius to assuage the abject mediocrity of one's own life? Can one definitively establish anywhere in one's lineage proof of any injustice or oppression to brag about at parties? 
Del Parton Industries, quote, proudly, unquote, introduces 123andMe. And while this service won't answer those queries, it will help you find out if you are genetically related to the old codger. As a lagnap, a cumshaw, or icing on the old cake, it will also warn you if you are carrying any Bodenheim blood, along with a list of resources for coping with this unfortunate revelation. How 123andMe works is fun and easy. We'll send you a clean plexicrylic vacutainer in which to collect a sample of your saliva and all traces of cigar, tobacco, and or bourbon it contains. Or, if you prefer, you may send a quantity of feces, yes, feces, sufficient to conduct all relevant analytical tests. Do not send me your stool samples. Mail them to Rummy Delbarton, who will serve as lab administrator for these purposes. We'll send you his address discreetly upon request. You are advised to send Rummy very large stool samples. As large as possible. I'm talking a real slab. A good old... But I digress. 123 and me. From Del Barton. They say blood's thicker than the mud, but we say either way. Yuck. Well, thanks, Gus. That's Gus Bodenheim there. And another fine product from Del Barton Surveillance and Profiling Technology. Same folks who brought you Gaydar. Uh, you should use 123 and me. Besides finding out if you're related to the old Godger, that's a very distinguished family tree. Uh, you need to determine if you have Bodenheim blood. This is a sickness. The Bodenheims are a genetic experiment gone haywire. Fortunately, their gene pool is dying out. But there are still Bodenheims running amok out there, causing all kinds of havoc and fomenting chaos. And this excludes uh, all of the rehabilitated Bodenheims who work for the old Kaiser radio network. That would be Gus... Uh, Unita, uh, Edna St. Vincent Bodenheim, Elizabeth Barrett Bodenheim, Johann Sebastian Bodenheim, and uh, Joseph Mengele Bodenheim. Well, moving right along, I hate to do this, such a waste of time, but I've been informed, well, I've been instructed, well, ordered. There's a fundraiser for WFMU during the month of October, but uh, you can't simply drop spare change in a Salvation Army red kettle to support WFMU. They make it more difficult. For one thing, and, and this will surprise many of my listeners and fans, you have to be on the Internet to donate. Well, I find this reprehensible and exclusionary. It discriminates against the old codger legion of Luddites. I will not be a party to this sort of technological bigotry. I think you should just mail a check. Make it payable to me, Courtney T. Edison, and mail it to my bunker. I will see that it goes to support at least uh, one aspect of WFMU's broadcast operation, if you know what I mean. Now, because this is all about fundraising, I have to do something to make it sound like I'm a team player. Uh, I will play a recording of me singing a song about money. This was recorded on a 78 RPM disc, very clean one, about 15 years ago for a WFMU fundraiser. And it is still as useful today as it was then. Don't want no loving, don't want no kissing, don't want no gal to call me honey. Don't want my name in the Hall of Fame, I just want a big fat pile of money. Give me that almighty dollar for that lettuce hear me holler. Give me buckets for the ducats that me walk around and waller. In Mazuma, El Dinero, wanna be a millionaire. Give me money, 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 money. I want that green ammunition. That's the stuff for which I'm wishing. Fill my closet with deposits. I'm a demon and a decent. Give me shekels, give me pesos. Let me see their smiling faces. Money, 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 money. I wanna... Get me a suit that's made out of loot and whistle the wearing of the green. I got that monetary-itis, like to be just like King Midas. Want that golden touch, that's what I mean. Give me that old double eagle, want that tender that is legal. And financially, substantially, any sum I can in regal. Want to live in regal splendor with that loving legal tender. Give me money, 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 money. 
a greenback collector. I'm a paper bill inspector. I'm a savage for that cabbage. Man, to me, it's golden nectar. Put that filthy lucre on me. Spread those loving germs upon me. Give me money, 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 money. Just let me roll around upon it. Stuff those bank rags in my bonnet. Any kind. Just hold some president has got his picture on it. Let me feel it. Let me hold it. Let me sit down and hold it. Give me money, money, money. I want a carload of cash. The kind I can stash. A vat full of more dirty old dough. You know your banker never lets it matter. Whereabouts you get it that you got it, boy. That's all he wants to know. Give me treasure I can measure, cause that's my idea of pleasure. Give me wampum gear to get us, let me count it at my leisure. Let me live in eagle splendor, with that loving eagle tender. Give me money, 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 money. And if they ever plant trees, e pluribus unum, <laughs> I wanna be that guy that they send out to prune them. Money, 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 money. Give me money, I want money. I must have a miss who will long for a kiss And not say, oh, don't be so still, oh Was at a swell cabaret While whining and dining you met her I drank one or two and two bought a few The night was wet but she was wetter la da da Her name was Estrella. She said, stick around me, young fella. Mosquitoes, they bite. They're awful tonight. And you smell just like citronella. I can't forget this senora. While telling her how you adored her. Asleep she did fall. Didn't mind that at all. But she was a terrible sonora. a dancer and singer at you she kept pointing her finger and saying to me see senior but you couldn't see a darn thing she told me she was so lonely so you climbed upon her balcony while under her spell i heard someone yell get away from her you big baloney I'd win this senorita You wooed her upon the sofita Then a husband walked in What he did was a sin You can still hear the birds sing tweet-tweet-a I am a sad cavalier Returning to Rio Janeiro Minus my hair A bruise here and there For a husband he chewed off my ear We've sung enough of senorita we're hungry, so we'll go and eat her. If you like this strain, play it over again. It's good for your appetite, eater. Folks, I'm telling you something that I 
Come, mommy, come, let me treat you nice. Papa Houdini is my name. Girl and a sweet like a sugar cane. Sing sugar, honey, and spice. Come, mommy, come, let me treat you nice. Papa Houdini is my name. Girl and a sweet like a sugar cane. Violin, when Cyril Monroe tickling the string. 
And we would come back again to Trinidad sweet like a sugar cane. I tried the Chinese and the Portuguese, but none of them didn't appeal to me. Yet they glorify me name and say not as sweet like a sugar cane. I cause good girls to go astray, leave their mother's house run away. When they meet in me, who need master mystery? I can teach the young girls to love, I can cherish them like a dove, and they crave to meet me again because I'm sweet like a sugar cane. If you girls don't believe in me, just go and ask Dorothy if she crave to meet me again, or if I'm sweet like a sugar cane. I sing woman sweeter than man, what I want them to understand. To these girls I'm bound to relate was a good song, but only a fake. We're gonna do a set recap and, uh, and get out of here, because somebody else is coming along. That'll be Hardy White. Uh... I sang the song Money earlier in the program, and we followed that with the Happiness Boys, and they did a gay caballero. The Happiness Boys were Billy Jones and Ernie Hare. I co-wrote their big hit, That's a Lot of Bunk. Uh, Victoria Spivey sang The Alligator Pond Went Dry. Then we heard Frankie Halfpint Jackson singing Some Sweet Day. I met Frankie once at a medicine show in Texas, he was short on stature, he's only five foot two, but he was big on talent and brains and uh, feet. Uh, Wilma Houdini with uh, Gerald Clark's string band sang uh, Sweet Like a Sugar Cane. Houdini, uh, Wilma Houdini was one of the great Calypsonians, he was born in Trinidad, but he had a tremendous success in New York during the 1930s and 1940s. Old buddy of mine. Well, I'm the old catcher. This is the end of the program, sorry to say. Uh, you're invited on WFMU to stay tuned for Hardy White's Miracle Nutrition. On tonight's show, Hardy will be talking about his lost years when he had he had a very serious rug addiction. That's right. Yeah, he, he was addicted to rugs. He installed carpeting everywhere in his home, every room, on the floors, on the walls, even a few ceilings, every hallway, and Carter had runners. There were, there were carpet layers ten inches thick. The expense was enormous. He resisted all attempts to be treated for these extravagances. Uh, a lot of these carpets, I saw them, they were hastily installed. Lots of slipping, bunching, and any number of injuries to family and visitors due to the carpets that were badly tacked down. Uh, he, had, he, he had these heavy Turkish rugs, and they found a nest of snakes underneath one of them. Anyway, Hardy finally sought treatment. He's been in rug rehab for over 10 years, and he's clean. Lately, he has shown a preference for alternative flooring, including uh, tires, uh, laminates, vinyl planks, wood, interlocking foam puzzle mats, and such. But uh, he, he'll tell you all about it on his show if you don't change the station. So uh, don't forget to donate to WFMU during October to fundraiser because uh, poverty is the norm around here. But I'll be damned if I'm going to share any of this show's hard-earned advertising revenue with the rest of this bozo outfit. Anyway, uh, stay tuned for Hardy. This is WFMU, East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope, in New York City and Rockland County at 91.9 FM, and online at WFMU.org. Before the program, I was skinning local roadkill all day. I'm going to go make some stew right now. 
and get plush to the scuppers. Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me now, won't you, as we buy and sell real estate. What real estate is that? I don't have any money. You don't need any money. Well, you you kind of do, but not for this kind of real estate, because it's the real estate of our minds. We're going to explore the houses in our head. To Don Bourgeoisie's Guide to Success in Real Estate. Do you recognize that sound? That's the sound of a key opening a lock. What lock is that? Well, the lock is the mysteries of houses, and the key is a combination of my five to seven years of real estate experience combined with my three years living as a house. Yes, you heard that right a key. The dictionary defines real estate as a noun, North American. And most of us, even if they have never lived in a house or apartment, have been in one or have found themselves standing in the shadow of one as the sun disappears behind the roof, obstructing our view of its radiant, fiery glory. Then there are those who have bought or sold houses, but even among those who have, can they say that they fully understand houses? What it means to be one, what their existence means and its qualities. In this semi-helpful series, I will explore not only what it means to be a real estate agent or estate agent or housemonger, as they say in the old country, but I will also give you one-of-a-kind insight into the inner workings of these so-called objects, structures that we take for granted. Let's begin by remembering what it's like to be a child. Even if you weren't lucky enough to have a dollhouse, you remember seeing them, small replicas of a multi-room dwelling in one of the rooms of the full-size dwelling, usually a child's room, and before the tiny house cut through, exposing the insides like a Damien Hurst cow, a tiny house divided, sits that child, arranging the miniature furniture and posing the dolls in ways that reflects what it knows of the occupants in its own house. Like all lessons, this one begins with an exercise in imagination. So imagine what it's like to be and see all in a house, and inside of you are other souls, souls with their own needs and desires and thoughts, people and other creatures. Imagine them being inside of you, a house. And even though you are aware of what they are doing at any given time, they remain a mystery. Imagine. Why do they say salt and pepper instead of salt and sugar? I didn't hear what you just said, but I'm pretty sure it was stupid. I said, why do they say salt and pepper instead of salt and sugar? Oh, I was right. Salt and sugar go together, too. But they're also opposite, sort of. Mm-hmm. And they say sugar and spice. But, like, that's super vague. What spices? Cardamom? Nutmeg? Keep going. I'm not listening. I just don't understand the difference between opposites and compliments. I can clear that up for you. Here's the opposite of a compliment. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot because I'm a deep thinker. Deep? Deep like an empty kiddie pool. What are you guys arguing about this early in the morning? I swear y'all are like oil and water. You mean oil and vinegar. Mr. Acidic over here is making fun of my insights. It's just that I'm reading the paper and drinking my coffee in peace and zero self-awareness George Carlin here is doing observational anti-humor. Be good, both of you. Look, does anybody know what this key is? It was in the mailbox. Was anyone expecting a key? Did you try it in any locks? No, how would I know what lock it's for? Try it in all the locks of the house. I'm pretty sure it's not a key to our house. 
Better hang on to it. You never know. Throw it in the key drawer. Why do we keep all these keys anyway? You never know. You never know. But there are dozens, and we don't know what any of them are for. If you have a bunch of answers, but you don't know the questions, would you get rid of the answers or keep them in case the right question pops up? I feel like that is not an entirely stupid thing to say. Thank you, Butchie. Partial credit where partial credit is due. Well, I'll keep it around just in case. Did anyone else have a weird dream last night? Imagine a vivid dream, the type in which you feel thrust into the middle of things and must make sense of a situation or problem on the fly. All your normal comforts or touchstones or patterns are unavailable to you. You are in a strange new world, and even the things you see, as vivid as you might think they are, are still impressions. You guess what the situation is. I am traveling, you tell yourself. I am traveling. And that's why my room seems different. The streets seem different. I'm traveling and staying in an unfamiliar place, maybe a hotel. And while I am staying at this hotel, I remember where my room is and that that room is mine. But when my time is up, I must leave that room and also the memories, or rather the memory that that room is where I belong. That place is where my clothes are, my bed. This is the key, and this is the lock. The key is the lock, or rather, the key changes constantly. Hi, I'm the house doctor. Welcome to Doctor This House. We're here with the master house doctor in the beautiful old house of the Baron of Baltimore. Doc, you've had a look around. What's the prognosis? Well, this uh, house has seen a lot of good times. It was well-designed and well-built. It's big. There are wonderful, fine architectural details that I've never seen elsewhere. It's unique. It certainly is, but... Oh, I saw that butt coming a mile away. But I think the house is reaching the end of its days. Can it be repaired? Well, we can buy some time by patching things here and there, but the structural problems really can't be easily solved. Every house eventually reaches an end. But some houses are from the 1600s and they're still standing. Oh, there are earlier structures than that even, but not every house can survive the same length of time. Fire, insects, weather, earthquakes. There's all sorts of events and insults that can shorten the time a house remains standing. Well, we better break the news to the Baron. Baron, the uh, doc has looked at your house. Oh, I hope it's good news. I've lived in this house since I was a boy. It's the only home I remember. I've just gotten it the way I like it, too. It took a lifetime of improvements, but now I'm content and comfortable here. Well, I'm afraid there's bad news. Oh, I knew it. The house is reaching the end of its time as a home. I suppose that's inevitable. What will await me when I step through the doorway for the last time? As you step through the doorway of any house as an agent or as a prospective buyer, one of the first things you'll want to notice is, is there a floor? <laughs> 